Hello and welcome to the Future Tribe podcast. Each week we'll be talking about getting things done. We'll talk to people who've built up their businesses, pulled off amazing projects and cover everything from psychology and strategy to the tips and tricks that will help make your dream a reality. We're the podcast that's all about empowering the optimists and the go-getters. I'm your host, Jermaine Muller. You're listening to the Future Tribe podcast and this episode is just getting started. Hello, Future Tribe. Welcome to part two of our Christmas gift buying guide, let's call it. Um, In this episode, we're going to be talking about cameras, smart home and software. Uh, So let's get the ball rolling with with cameras. Do you yourself have a uh, camera that you use, Hayden, or are you just sticking to your iPhone? Not personally. um, Yeah, I would say it's fair to say that I stick to usually just my smartphone. I mean, Smartphone cameras now have gotten to a point where I don't think I personally you would use a DSLR camera for mm-hmm. you know any like purpose that I wouldn't shoot or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, for just something I wouldn't use my smartphone for. Uh, but I know for a fact that you're a big photography man. You love yourself a DSLR. Yeah, I mean, I've got. I'm a bit bit. This is a thing for myself because I have a business use case for it. Um, I've got a DSLR, I've got a point and shoot and I have an Ashen camera as well. Um, and, you know, looking at getting a 360 camera, uh, soon as well. But I think um, from a personal point of view, most people can't justify it. And even I couldn't justify having it as, as a personal sort of purchase. Um, but you know, a lot of people I think find that their phone cameras are just, just good enough or just as good um, as yeah. any other camera would, would be for them. And as the saying goes, uh, you know, the best camera is the camera that's in your pocket. I don't know if you heard that, that one before. No, um, you can pretend you made it up, Jermaine. <laughs> oh, I've heard it heaps, heaps of times before, so I'm not, I'm not going to even claim it. But um, I guess the point, point there is that cameras are there to capture moments and whatever you have with you is better than any theoretical camera that you don't have with you. Sure. Um, yeah. And that's what but, I was trying to get across through my yeah. rambling. Uh, <laughs> I've got a question for you. So how much would an entry level, you know, DSLR camera cost? If I was looking to get into the hobby, um, yeah. I wasn't using it for like professional uh, use case. So I wasn't, you know, a digital photographer. I wasn't like uh-huh. a, a marketer or something. What would like the entry level or, or a reasonable level cost? Yeah, so looking into it, I personally am a fan of the Canon Canon DSLRs. I think they're much better and easier to use than than the Nikon or the Nikon range. Um, so let me just find it here. I think you you'd still be looking at you know all in spending over five six hundred dollars yeah. um, because you don't want to like with most products you don't want to go for the cheapest. You sort of want to go for just a little bit above sort of entry level. Um, yeah. So looking into it, I mean, something like the Canon EOS 200D 2 Mark II DSLR um, would be very good for beginners. Um, it's it's actually, it actually does uh, 4K as well, which is a bit frustrating because my, my DSLR that's about three times the price does only HD. Um, but mm. that just goes to show you how good value, uh, the 200 D is that that's, that's, uh, about a $900 camera with 
18 to 55 millimeter lens. Now, I would probably buy that. Um, I probably would skip the uh, EOS 1500D, which is the base model, um, hop on with the Canon EOS 200D Mark II. Um, so, so what are you getting when you move up from model to model in terms of... Um... So as you move up, what you're getting is there's there's two different sensors um, within, within um, a camera, within yep. DSLR. Um, yep. One is the APS-C sensor, which is a which is smaller than a full frame, which is, which is, um, I guess the, the fancier, the nicer cameras, most professionals will, will shoot with a full frame. Um, the APS-C sensors are called cropped sensors, basically meaning that they're smaller. And what that leads to also is that when you're buying lenses, for example, an 18 millimeter lens or 18 to 55 millimeter lens, those references are actually given, um, as, as a point of reference for when that lens is used with a full frame camera. So that zoom range is actually different in a crop, cropped camera, meaning that when you get an 18 to 55 millimeter lens on an APS-C sensor, which, which you get from Nikon, which you get from, um, from Sony, from all, all the brands, really, Canon as well, um, you, you basically, an 18 millimeter lens on an APS-C sensor acts, behaves more like a 22, 24 millimeter. Don't quote me on that. I think it's about a 1.3 or a 1.6 times magnification difference. But to answer your question, as you go higher up, you get a better sensor. That's the big thing. Um, better sensor meaning the, the actual uh, moving parts in the camera that captures the image is just better overall. Okay. The full frame, it might, be, it might let in more light during... Um, in sort of dark scenes. So Sony's um, camera range, Sony's A7 sort of range is known for being really good. So if you're looking at that for nighttime photography, so if you're looking at sort of nighttime photography, that's that's a really good option. And for video as well, Sony's range is much better. But sure. talking about cameras for, for sort of uh, photography, um, I would personally go with a Canon. Um, a lot of them do feature... Um, as you know, if you're watching the video, you'll see um, that they um, oh. that they come with basically all the accessories you would need for general use outside of a you know your tripods and your yeah. Your I mean, it comes with the stuff that you need. If you buy if you buy a lens kit, you're good to go apart from an SD card. Yeah. Um, and they have flip out screens as well, which not all cameras have. That just makes it very easy to get interesting angles with photos. Um, one thing I must mention is. Um, I strongly suggest, you know, if someone you're buying for already has a camera and they're just getting started off and got, got a kit lens um, with it, um, to look into the Canon 50mm lens. Now, 50mm lenses are generally very expensive, but Canon and Nikon and Nikon both make um, quite good 50mm lenses. So um, it's only $180. Um, now, when I say only, that's... That's still a lot of money, but in, com but in comparison to your other offerings, which can exactly. almost be up to a thousand dollars or over a thousand dollars comfortably. So if you look at, you know, uh, I've got a pretty nice 50 millimeter, or the, the, the work cameras and pretty nice 50 millimeter lens. That's $1,165. Um, you know, oh my God. theoretically it's the same, it's the same thing as the, as the Canon 50 millimeter. Um, so 
yeah, I mean, I only graduated past the Canon 50 millimeter after like five, six years of using that lens. Yeah. Um, I actually bought, I've owned three of those lenses over the years um, simply because I've, I've broken them, but they're so good that I just keep buying them again and again. Um, so like with a lot of things, would your general suggestion or recommendation be that if you're starting out, you know, wanting to get into photography, maybe it's not best to just spring for the most expensive stuff because it seems like, man, it can get pretty expensive pretty quick if you very quickly. Yes. And, and you can't really, I don't, I, I used the, um, let me have a look, just bear with me. So I'm going to find obviously the camera that I used to have, the one that I started off on has now been replaced. Um, but if you look at DSLR cameras, I used the, I think mine was third from the bottom. So the, effectively the, the old version of the 800 D. So that's a $1,099 camera. I used that, that version. So that was a 600 D from memory. I used that for, I think it was again about four or five years, um, before I needed to upgrade or wanted to upgrade. And I was not limited in any way, shape or form. Um, I simply upgraded because um, it it had been a few years and it made sense for the business um, as well at at the time. Um, So you're not getting, to be honest, until you jump to something like the 6D Mark II, which is a full frame, uh, which is a full frame, cameras are not an APS-C anymore. The sensor is a full frame. You're not getting a whole lot. Um, that applies to the Nikon range as well. I know with Nikon and Icon, um, you can get in, in around the same price as, um, Canon. So you're not, it's really apples to apples and it just depends on what, what sort of, uh, design and, and hand feel you prefer. Yeah. Um, most people think that there's no difference that all DSLRs sort of look the same, so they must feel the same, but, I can tell you that I cannot use a Nikon. Like I genuinely cannot. It doesn't hold the the buttons. Everything's just different. So yeah, it is, it is a fair bit different. Um, Now that that's, if you're getting into sort of that manual photography and wanting to do photography as like a hobby um, or, or, or as like a creative form. Now for everyone else who want to just get started, um, let me show you, with, with sort of a point and shoot um, sort of camera that's past, you know, you're, so you're migrating now past the $200 cameras. Um, I would definitely look at the Sony range. Um, and if you want to start getting serious, the Sony Cybershot WX500 uh, is pretty good. Um, but if you want something that's, you know, it's a, it's a few, it's fairly old now, but something like the Sony Cybershot RX100, this was, class leading market leading at the time. Um, yeah. I think it's up to Mark four. Now um, I've got a Mark, sorry, Mark seven. Now I've got a Mark five and they just, what you, what you'll see here is they, they have a really large sensor in the camera itself. So more, the, the sensor is what captures the image. So the larger the sensor, the better the, the camera, um, the photos, the camera, um, so on and so forth. Um, so yeah, uh, if you're looking at point and shoot, you know, to take photos of the kids, etc., I'd look at the Sony Cybershot RX100 range. Like I said, it it just goes all the way up um, to 
or nineteen hundred dollars. So you know you can you can spend anywhere upwards of um, six hundred to you know about one thousand three hundred dollars more than that. So there's a huge range of cameras you can pick from. Um, yeah. But yeah, they're they're really good cameras. Um, if, if you're looking for that sort of solution. Uh, the last thing is the action cameras. Um, now this, I would argue Hayden is one case well, one instance where you don't really want to be getting, you can't really sort of substitute your mobile phone for um, just because most of us have very expensive phones. Um, yep. do, do you agree? Would you, yeah, yeah, oh, definitely. So when you t- say action cameras, are you talking about GoPro? Yeah, of- more, most people call GoPros. Like, yeah, yeah, that's that's basically what what the average person would call uh, the whole market segment. Um, but the fact is, it's not just GoPro that makes action cameras or mountable cameras. Um, there's there's a there's a bunch of competitors, including DJI, who make. Um, the the dji drones that you've that again we probably all attribute drones to look like dji drones the white drones um so looking sorry <laughs> going back into um into the action cameras gopros just launched their new new um cameras the gopro hero 8 and the hero uh, max um again really really good options they the real difference here is stability so you can with gopros um and i've heard good stuff about the dji dji osmo action as well actually which let me just take you back i think i saw a deal force at the moment i mean it's going for 399 dollars. i think it's hard to move past that even if you because if you look at the new gopros um you know, you're spending $200, $300 more, depending on which one you, you go with. Um, mm. It's hard to go past the DJI Osmo Action at that price. Um, but yeah, what you're paying for here is not just video quality, because they're all fairly good video quality. What you're paying for is how stable the video looks. So how much, you know, when you're running, etc. How much the camera's shaking, how, yeah. How wild it looks. Yeah. Um, because because that makes it harder to watch. So he, GoPro and even DJI have really good software that makes the cameras so stable that you know. Yeah. I, I would go for it. Um, Is there anything guys, else to look at uh, when it comes to action cameras? I mean, warranties. I assume would have to be pretty robust considering yeah. their, their use cases. I mean, they're they're most of the same. Um, the you know, look into battery life, depending on what type of video, like yeah. some, some cameras have very poor 4k, uh, battery life, um, dual screens really handy. So clicking through to the DJI Osmo action, for example, it's uh, the screen on the front and the back, yeah. which means that you can film yourself much, much easier yeah. uh, versus GoPro, which, um, I don't believe, um, have any, well, if you go for the GoPro hero max 360, um, mm. then you get a front camera. Yeah. So it doesn't seem to be on their lower end models, which is, uh, I mean, which is interesting because I feel like half the reason people use GoPros or at least, you know, in the ways that I've been exposed to them is to document travel or, you yeah. know, do a creative project where you go off to a destination and you talk about it and you talk about what you see and what you're experiencing. So 
Yeah, it's interesting that the lower level level um, GoPros, which still cost about three hundred bucks, don't really have that functionality. Yeah, I mean, to be honest though, when you're if you're looking at sort of shooting selfie video, um, most new phones, newer phones, anything past say, you know, the iPhone six, um, iPhone seven, or the Samsung Galaxy S eight series, probably, or in the S six was pretty decent. They'd have pretty good cameras. So if you're not using if you don't need an action camera for its waterproof uh, functionality or, you know, rugged functionality, um, like my action camera is an Olympus branded one that's got scratches. It's got dings on it. My phone would never go through that because it would frankly just break. Um, so if you're not using it in those sorts of scenarios, I would just um, stick to it, stick to a phone. Um, okay. In a lot of instances, they're just, they are just better. And, yeah. you know, considering that, um, you get so much more out of a phone, so much more use. Yeah. Um, unless you're going to really be using it for action, just I wouldn't. I wouldn't bother. Um, mm. So to summarize and make sure I'm understanding you as a layman, sort of coming at it from maybe the listener's perspective. Mm-hmm. If I'm looking for at a stand and shoot camera, I'd probably be looking at either a Canon or Nikon product, probably in the mid price range for the DSLRs. Yes, for the DSLRs. Yes, for a point and point, and, point shoot. and shoot. You, you don't want to, you sort of want to be looking at the Sony product range. That is that what we, what we that's what, I, that's what I would say. Um, and yep. even then you're still looking at spending about five, $600 on a, on a decent cat, like a, yep. not, not decent on a good camera. Um, and, and for an action camera, you need to be using it for pretty. Well, actual action, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the action needs to be there for the action camera <laughs> yes. to, be, to be worth, to be worth it. it. So, so, obvi- so obviously it's, these are pretty expensive gifts. Um, you know, this, this would be if you were giving it to a loved one, I assume, and you weren't, you know, some mogul or some millionaire mogul, I assume <laughs> this would be a pretty sizable gift. This would probably be the only thing that you would give them. What about, um, accessories that you would recommend with the camera though? Like, Oh, very good question. So, um, do they usually take SD, just typical. Yes. SD so cards? typical SD cards, um, generally speaking, though you might find that the action cameras, because they're so small, they take micro SD cards. Okay. Um, when looking into it, just really be mindful of what those cards are rated for. So if you're shooting 4k video, you need a higher spec, um, SD card. Um, basically all that means is that the SD card, um, can be written to at a, or micro SD card can be written to at a higher pace, um, because 4k video has higher, higher data needs. Um, so that's one thing to look out for when you, when you're, when you're trying to get your hands on, you know, accessories, uh, tripods wise, um, you know, Manfrotto is just a classic brand that you can, you can sort of trust. Um, there are a few tripods around the $60, $70 mark that are pretty good as well. Um, but around the hundred dollar mark, you should be able to be, you know, you should get a, get a decent bunch of, um, bunch of tripod options there. Um, same with, you know, shotgun mics. If, if you have a loved one or if you, if you need a present that, um, needs it, that has to do with audio, that sort of covers covers it. I mean, you can do things like filters. Um, the thing with the filter, for example, for a DSLR is that you need to know the exact uh, diameter of the lens that you're buying it for. So yeah. that's, you know, you really need to be, you need to be buying for a sibling or a very close sort of friend to know, to, to know that those details. Yeah. I think, I think the overall tip here is that because it's such an, 
expensive investment that you need to really ask your loved one. Yes. What, do, what are you going to be using this for? Is this right? What you really want? Because I'll end up probably having to drop seven to $800 all up, you know, mm. for at least, at yeah. least, you know, for something that you'd want to use and that you could use for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, another quick question before we hop off the topic of cameras, how long should you expect a camera to last? If I bought a new DSLR today or if I bought, you know, uh, shoot very, v- if you buy something brand new nowadays, apart yeah. from the battery life deteriorating, but most of these are uh, actually all cameras that I can think of will have swappable batteries. So you just buy a brand new battery when the battery sort of dies out. In my experience, that's takes about four or five years for a battery to stop being good on a camera, just because you don't use it quite as quite in the same way or quite as much as other technology. Um, but apart from the battery itself, I think a camera genuinely can last 10 years comfortably um, simply because they're so high resolution nowadays. Like you're shooting 24, 25 megapixel um, images that once you compress them down to say a laptop size or even a phone size or particularly a phone size, that we're not going to go past, you know, we just don't have a need for such large images that, that those cameras can capture, which means that you can compress them down. So maybe that's another reason not to spring for the absolute top end model, because real realistically you are never going to be able to get that raw image file. You, you won't need it unless yeah. you're filming, unless you're, you know, shooting images, shooting photos for say full bus wraps for advertising for example you you can't you can't justify it. even even when you're doing full bus wraps you could get away with really a thousand five hundred dollar dslr uh for for image sort of size so yeah i mean that's the beauty of of the field um i think um it's also it's also the negative of the field in in terms of cameras you know everyone's including canon they're seeing seeing their market share uh, well seeing their sales drop um, market share remains unchanged in most cases, but just dropping sales because phones are continuously replacing them. But, you know, I was just on holidays recently and I took all my cameras with me and they all serve a different purpose. Um, but saying that I, not many people, you know, are content creators or generate content for their work or for their travel that is then used to generate revenue or business. Yeah, and, and, th- and that's a big point there because you were talking about, hey, maybe you would need these top-end cameras to do a, a big advertising spread on a bus, but realistically, we're talking about Christmas gifts here. So unless your 12-year-old owns a bus of some, time, <laughs> of some kind <laughs> and would like to advertise on it, maybe just uh, tell little Tommy that he can deal with the $600 camera as opposed to the exactly. $100 camera. And, and if you spend, you know, get a DSLR, you won't outgrow it for a long, long time, um, especially if you get something like, you know, just above the, the the starter sort of model. If you get something like the 800D, for example, around the $1,000, $1,200 mark, you won't outgrow that for a long, long time. Um, and it's it's not the tool, it's the user often. Um, if, if someone complains that um, they're struggling to get good photos, tell them that they need to get better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so moving on, um, software now this is i love that we can talk about software um as a as a christmas present i think we're we're at a beautiful time in terms of technology and society that you know software is giftable um though part of me is also fearful that um you know 
we're we're in a nature we're in a society where you know you don't have to spend a thousand dollars on a piece of software anymore you can spend less but you've got to spend that for the rest of your life if you want to keep using it yeah that's the thing that i was going to bring up because you can often buy people licenses for these software packages that can last 12 months but very rarely i think if you can't buy can you buy a lifetime access to the no not really software not really anymore the only um caveat here is um you know and again we're going to have all these links um links for you to click through but appsumo appsumo is a website is a directory for um what they call lifetime deals to software and what you basically get is access to brand new up-and-coming software so um you know, caveat here is those companies might shut down in three years when they, when, if, if their business isn't good enough, you might find out that their bit, that the solution isn't good enough. AppSumo does have a 60 day money back guarantee. So, you know, you have, you have that, um, and the deals are fairly limited. Like at any given time, they might have 10 deals going, um, on a, on a good day. Um, but it's a fantastic place to look for a few apps. Like I, often the apps, um, cost $49, us um, up to maybe 99 dollars us for a lifetime deal uh, for a lifetime license which is a really really good deal um i can see you nodding hayden so well have you personally i was just about yes. to ask have you personally bought about 10 you? different soft pieces of okay. software okay. and so you- I, I i love it i love it okay. we still use like we actively use a few of those programs um within the awesome. business as well so it's definitely not a junkyard for you not know, a chance. Un- unproven software. It really is a place where you can. It's the know. other way around. It's 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 the breeding ground for um, software with a lot of potential um, yep. and innovative software. Because the guys behind AppSumo may get custom deals with these companies um, and go through a very rigid process to get this the the deals organized. So yeah, yeah well, essentially, you are just an angel investor you know, in these startup companies and that the benefit that you reap from that is that you don't have to pay $50 every year. You get to pay $50 once. <laughs> oh and then, yeah. And a lot of these software, you know, their competitors charge $50 a month in a yeah. lot of cases. So yeah. you're, you're saving a significant amount of money, but like you said, you're, you're like an agile investor. You're, you're sort of putting, you know, the money, um, I guess the, the cart before the horse, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so maybe this would be, sorry to cut you off, but maybe this would be a better personal gift than a gift you would give someone else. Would you, would you say that just because of the risk associated with? Yeah. Yeah, possibly. But then, you know, if you've got a kid who's up and coming or want to try a certain thing or a certain software, um, then, you know, good, good present to give as well, I would say, because it's affordable. And in a lot of these cases, um, that I've programs that I've signed up for have gone on to become sort of market leaders as well. So um, yeah, a lot of potential there. Obviously it's hard for you to see that when you're starting off. So it's hard for you to pick something that will work out well, but um, give that a go. Another thing is um, Adobe creative cloud. Speaking of uh, software that used to cost a lot of money, but now is cheaper, but you've got to pay for the rest of your life. Um, An Adobe creative cloud license is, is pretty good as well. That's access to things like Photoshop, Lightroom, Premiere Pro. So this is very much for the creative um, members in your family or the creative uh, people that you're buying for. Um, I mean, 
industry standard software you can get student discounts and teacher discounts as well so you know that might be one option yeah i and just before we get into the other more specific software packages i think an important thing to note and i said this last episode that you can get a lot of student discounts for these software packages and also a lot of universities will give you free access to certain types types of software packages so you know, if you have a kid who you've just bought a laptop for and is going to university, maybe hold off from buying them uh, a Microsoft Office license because a lot of universities will provide that for free these days. Yeah, um, I, I mean, that, that, enrolled there. that's it. That And that goes for Office 365 and for G Suite as well. Yeah. Um, you know, th- there are universities that are Google universities and Microsoft universities, meaning that they just run on 365 or G, G Suite or Google, Google for Education, as they call it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that that sort of addresses that area. Um, again, fantastic gifts for anyone. Um, so if you're, if you're buying it for a loved one who's not at school and can't get access to it for free, you know, they're, they're just... Um, they're just really good pieces of software that most people use. But saying that, you know, if you have a loved one who's in hospitality, they wouldn't probably find as much use um, out of G Suite and Office 365 as, as let's say, someone who's a professional um, or someone who has their own business. Yeah, and I think a lot of these software packages come, you know, they come alongside the physical pieces of, you know, hardware that you use, right? So getting someone in Adobe creative suite would probably not be the best thing if they don't have if they've got an ipad for example well exactly right like if you're not into graphic design if you're not you know if you don't have a camera and stuff i think it's a bit too expensive to just be something you play around with even if it's something that you want to get in the future because i'm looking at the pricing models for the creative uh, cloud experience that adobe offers and obviously you can get it for a bit cheaper than this some places but it can cost upwards of you know, twenty nine dollars a month, which is yes, you know, about twice a Netflix subscription, and you know, it's a lot of money <laughs> when you think about it. Yeah, I mean, if there's not a lot of productivity coming out of it, like you said, it it it's pro- it's not it's definitely not something that you sort of just buy because, um, you know, on a uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's not like yeah, it's not what you pick up, you know, walking down to the register at Kmart. Um, where it's just five bucks and you know if it's good it's good if it's bad well you've created some some waste when you throw it out but that's that's the worst that's happened versus mm. you know just spending 29 dollars for something that someone won't use um as a creative man yourself is there any competitor to adobe's offering there are heaps of free offerings and there are heaps of you know uh heaps different software that people swear by and but then you know they always have to say, "Hey, like this is this is a really good piece of software, but and, and you know, and it works with Photoshop files." And you know, as far as I'm concerned, when you have to say that it's a really good competitor, it works with your competitors' files. It's but like, it, because in the it middle wo- that yeah, that they're probably <laughs> the option yeah. you should go with. Hey? <laughs> Creative Cloud. I wouldn't be surprised if in in most of their sort of markets they've got ninety percent or Adobe if they've got more than ninety percent of their market share if okay. they're they just they've just been the best for a long long time um i just don't see them being overtaken um there are some areas where like um where audio editing for example mixcraft and um audacity um are really really good and they're free or cheap um but in there in the core areas like photoshop 
um, and Lightroom. Um, those are the big ones that come to mind. There's just, there's no one better. Yeah, the, the more powerful the software, the less chance of it having free. a real competitor yeah and, exactly. and having a real competitor and being free exactly yeah. Yeah. um and the last one is an antivirus um do you use an antivirus software on your mac no i that's Ooh. the thing I, i'm a very dangerous guy but again i don't long past the days of torrenting stuff and going on sketchy websites, sketchy websites. i i'm not a sketchy guy for any police <laughs> listening i'm a law-abiding <laughs> citizen so i don't really see the purpose of it but i know it, <laughs> given your reaction you oh man that is that is crazy hayden um <laughs> if i were you i'd be getting on getting on a uh, bit defender or googling bit defender um and downloading their free version okay. um, i've used that paid version in the past swapped back to the free version not because their paid versions um too expensive but simply because their free versions just been just fine um so if I were you, I'd, I'd get onto that pronto. Um, okay. Really good software, continuously topping sort of third-party uh, reviews and verification. It's one of those things where you might as well run it in the background. It doesn't, it doesn't hog resources. Um, I've never, you know, in the old days or even more recently, things like Norton Antivirus, which you might be familiar with. Have you heard yeah, of again, but I think this will lead into your story. The reason why I was so apprehensive to get a lot of this stuff is that I had McAfee and I had Norton and stuff. And I always found that their software offerings were very invasive, were very um, resource felt, intensive, resource intensive in the fact that like it would actually slow down my yes. computer when it was running it. And I, at the end of the day, I just didn't really like how I was getting notifications about like, Oh, your subscription is about to lapse. Like exactly about this. I'm like, Oh, I just get, away from me i know it's about to lapse <laughs> exactly and I, I think i sort of just wrote the whole market off as being a bit of smoke and mirrors yeah no no or just not disingenuous even, yeah yeah um I, I i'm just gonna double check okay yeah no i'm still running bit defender the only reason i had to double check was because i haven't seen a pop-up from them ever so I, okay. I wasn't sure if i was i was still running bit defender or not but Let's have a look. Yep, your device is protected. Bitdefender Antivirus Free Edition. That's yep. you know, and and I can see right here that again, I don't go on dodgy websites, but um, things like you know, um, websites that act like their um, antivirus software. They've blocked two web threats. I mean, that was in October, so it's been a little while, but um, it's continuously working. It's continuously. Um, watching out and if you do things like you know hop on your um, banking um, online banking and things like that if it's free I mean what do you have to lose mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and and yeah like I said bitumen defender doesn't hog your resources so you might as well um, and then moving on to smart home now smart home is a big 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 topic um, I'm going to click through. Let's share. Well, it's almost something that's sort of become, I mean, a couple of years ago, the extent of smart home products to me was at least just someone, your kooky mate who's always getting random <laughs> devices, getting the light put in his room. He's like, oh, look at me change this from blue to red. And you're like, yeah. Yeah, great, from man. my mobile phone. Yeah, no, this is great. But they fully expanded to security cameras, to speakables. Uh, no, not speakables. The ones that, speakers that you, yeah, the, the smart speakers. Yeah, um, yeah. 
Yeah, so the big one, the big two, and we've we covered this on on our recent um, last week on Tuesday wrap up as well. Um, the big two are Google and Amazon. Um, yeah. The big two to look out for. Um, so this is just me clicking into a random product, but what you'll see here is that it says works with Google Assistant and works with works with Alexa as yeah. well as well as working with if this then that, which is ift the the um, service. Um, Heaps of options here. The big, big, you know, in Australia, the easy ones to recommend are the Google Google speakers, um, stuff like the Google Home and the Google Home Mini, which is really inexpensive. Um, so if I click through, um, where are we? Where are we? There are so many options nowadays. Um, mm. Here we go. So you can buy them in kits as well. But if you look at, so there's the Amazon echo solutions, which are the Amazon speakers, but around the same price comes in the Google home mini, um, at about $59. Um, and that's just a smart speaker that sits around and you can ask it questions and get it to do things like connect with your other smart devices. Um, you can get one with, um, in a pack, the Google home mini and Mirabella junior Wi-Fi lights and plug bundles. So you can turn off devices just by speaking to the, to the speaker, um, you can get a Chromecast bundle as well. If you, if you find yourself, you know, watching YouTube videos on your phone and if you just want to spend 50, 60 bucks, um, to send that directly to your TV instead of with a little attachment, that's a pretty good buy. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think with all of these things, it should be noted that the more smart appliances that you have, and especially ones that can speak to each other, the more value you're going to get out of each of them. Definitely. Definitely. Um, because you can tell, tell it to do things like, you know, um, you can just tell it to talk, like talk to it and set a, set a, um, schedule where you say, okay, Google, you know, good night. And, um, that, that might mute your phone, turn off the lights, um, turn off your TV or, you know, open up Netflix, depending on what your, what your, you know, go to bed strategy is. (laughs) Yep. hundred percent. And Another thing that should be said is that if you do this correctly, you will probably see some energy saving. Um, yes. Some value moving forward because say you're coming home, right? Instead of, cause I know some people who do very stupid things, you should not do this, but leave the air conditioning on all day because they mm-hmm. love coming home to a crisp cold house, especially mm-hmm. in the summertime. Um, with a lot of these things, you can connect them to your aircon systems, to your lighting systems and turn it on remotely from your phone. So you know, you can come home to that crisp cold house you like, cold house you like, or you know, warm up your tiles, or this, that, and the other. That's so it. From that perspective, I think it's interesting. I think the security aspect of it is, uh, I think, the most um, most alluring feature for me. I mm. because a lot of so for like the Ring example, which is owned by Amazon, the Ring Video Doorbell Two, which is on the screen. Yes, um, it's basically a solution that. You know, it's a doorbell, but it has a security camera that links to your phone. Yes, so you can, can watch access. that remotely. Yeah, and the and the only negative to a lot of these things is that if you want to store the data that's on there, so you want to record, you know, what your camera's seeing on X amount of date, you have to pay. You have to pay a subscription for that. Subscription fees. Yes. So there are some hidden costs to these things. You need to do a bit of research into it to see which one is best suited to you. But uh, a mate of mine has been putting in, I don't know whether it's the Amazon, it was the Amazon um, security system, but he went the full nine yards with it. 
and mm-hmm. we were playing around with it on the weekend and it is really amazing. It, it's a, if you're looking to put a security system on your house, I think now is the time to do it. Yes. Um, but be warned, you will need a electrician to help you put it in. This is not something where you can just stick it with blue tack to the top of the door. When, when it comes to cameras. Yes. Yes. You, you, you need, need There will um, be wiring and stuff done. Yeah. What must be said though, is that if you're looking at, you know, making the rest of your home, a smart home, you can often the, 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 uh, companies that make these products are very good at offering you solutions that don't require you to um, get an electrician. So a lot of DIY sort of solutions. Um, I'm talking about things like, you know, the Alexa smart home starter kit, for example, um, the way you make your, you know, existing PowerPoint, a smart PowerPoint is just by plugging in an attachment over it. Um, yeah. A lot of the lights um, you can just screw in the new bulb Um just something to keep in mind though is a lot of these companies still have very specific like requirements and um like i believe philips hue for example actually requires a wi-fi base to then then sort of talk to all the all the lights um which adds you know adds up pretty pretty quickly let me just bring that up um for people who are uh, listening or watching in um And I think that's the bottom line for this section. I think um, smart home technology has gotten to a point where it is worth getting. It's not some ridiculous waste of money, but there are a lot of hidden costs. Um, yeah. I mean, to, saying that, things like, things. you know, LifeX, which I've got on screen here, I've got a LifeX bulb at home in my room um, that just connects to Wi-Fi, just, just the bulb by itself. Um, so it doesn't require another sort of, adapter so the cost there is say $49 for a bulb um where with Philips let me just double check um doesn't actually say whether they work um by themselves or not let me just see if I mean you can buy all sorts of things now for let's see what what do we have here I believe here we go the starter kit so this is this is the the challenge here um it comes with the wireless bridge which i believe is required still and you know for three bulbs that's 289 um which in comparison you know you try something like lifex whose bulbs i know work um for 259 you can get four bulbs so if you're spending less money and you're getting one extra bulb um So that's just something to keep in mind. I mean, um, you know, and th- these, these bulbs come with really cool features, obviously, like you can change the color, which you might be wondering, hey, that sounds stupid. But, you know, there's things, um, for example, there's evidence that shows that red light before bed um, actually calms you down and cools you down. Yeah. Um, and um, you can set up features like, you know, the, the light bulb can shine using... Um, to the same color temperature as the sun um, and sort of as the sun rises, it will automatically sync with sunrise. um, And that helps your circadian rhythm when you wake up. Um, Some of them actually swap and have an infrared light that when you, when it's nighttime, it can turn on an infrared light, which means, which will supplement your security systems sort of ability to see in the dark. Um, There's a lot of cool stuff that they can do. So um, smart home options wise, 
you're really spoiled for choice. Um, and you can get, you know, start with a smart speaker as cheap as $50, $60 and, you know, something like a Chromecast. Again, to me, that's a no-brainer. Yeah. I feel like if you if you don't have a Chromecast now and you don't have some of these little toys, I mean, now's the time to get it. It's such a low barrier to entry now and they have such um, wide use cases that I don't think you'd be, you know, missing out. No, you would be missing out if you didn't try. Yeah, I mean, and something like a Chromecast for under $100 makes a pretty good gift for someone as long as they have a smartphone and a TV and they watch things like they watch it YouTube or Netflix um, and you know that they say their TV isn't a smart TV or isn't very convenient to use. Yeah. It makes a pretty good, um, pretty good Christmas gift. And it's, yeah, I, I think the best gift I ever got uh, my grandma who is not a very tech savvy person, but she has a very, very nice TV, but it's not a smart TV, obviously mm-hmm. um, was just, giving her, you know, the Chromecast. And as Jermaine said, she loves it. She uses it every day because it's just the easiest way to put Netflix up on the screen. She controls it with her, you know, iPad that we've trained her to use. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I said trained, like she's a dog or something, <laughs> but like we've told her to use. Um, and she loves it. And it's like so simple. She never has to play with it, fiddle with it. It, it just know, works. Like, it just works. And I and, think with a lot of this stuff, it's become the exact same thing where, I'm pretty sure initially my big hesitance with smart home stuff was how finicky a lot of it could be. Mm -hmm. And it definitely seemed like something initially that was, it was, it was in alpha, even though it was to market. That was was, a fair concern. It it was just the first generation of it. But I think now that they've worked out a few of the kinks, it's definitely worth looking at, but again, nothing, necessary (laughs) no it's an essential part of your life um but it will definitely you know add to it and and um make it pretty cool um but that's that's about it for for this gift guide um we've got one more coming up that's all about gaming watches and and other tech um including some stuff like uh smart pet toys at jb hi-fi Again, not sponsored by JB Hi-Fi, but they've got some really cool products um, that use smart tech to, you know, um, give you gift buying options if you have uh, family members or um, people who have pets and yeah. you just want to try, you know, get something cool. Um, yeah. And, and we picked JB Hi-Fi again, just for like transparency. We picked them because they offer probably the widest range of electronics, you know, in Australia and also their price match. So if you find something cheaper online um, and you can prove that that deal is still active, they will usually price match you. So that's the reason we bring them up so much. Yes. And and everyone's got a JB Hi-Fi nearby. So um, that's the only reason Um, buying these products from other, other retailers, they're just as good products. And this is more about the products than, than the, than the place, but it just, we just needed one point from which to refer to things like pricing and availability and JB Hi-Fi was the easiest there. So that's it uh, for this episode. Um, thanks for thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Catch you later.
Thanks for listening to another episode of the Future Drive podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave a review on your favorite podcast app. It goes a long way to helping us. If you have any thoughts, questions, or comments, email us at hello at f-u-t-u-r-e-t-r-i dot b-e. If you haven't already, become a part of the tribe on Facebook. Go to f-u-t-u-r-e-t-r-i dot b-e slash f-b and invite your friends. We're just getting started and we would love to see you there. That's it from us. I hope this episode has empowered you to keep working on bettering your future. It's a pleasure to have you as part of the tribe. See you next time.